Welcome to the Jill Monaco Show. I'm your host, Jill. Each week, I hope to bring you a message that inspires, encourages, or challenges you to go after and live a life you love. Join me and my friends as we explore what it means to love God, love ourselves, and love others. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Here we go. Well, welcome back to the Jill Monica Show, everyone. I am your host, Jill, and I hope you've been blessed by the series we've been doing with women speakers in the last few weeks. Each one has brought a special insight and revelation from God about what He is doing right now. And my prayer is that they've inspired your faith and drawn you closer to the goodness of the heart of God. I am so excited for you to meet my guest today. I know you're going to be incredibly blessed by her and her wisdom. Jen Tringale is an internationally known speaker, author, and a strategist on awakening destiny. She has a passion to unlock the purpose and potential within individuals, organizations, cities, and nations. Her her international influence includes meetings with heads of state, cabinet members, U.S. Embassy, and State Department representatives. Yeah, she just has a little bit of awesome in her. Well, Jen has such an anointing to bring breakthrough to the lives of those who listen to her speak or read her books. And speaking of which, she's authored two books, Your Defining Moment and Calling. If you want to understand your destiny and calling, there is no better person to hear from than Jen. She will ignite your passion for discovering your destiny and give you the ability to look above your current season of life or circumstances to pursue what God has uniquely designed for you. In her most recent book, Calling, she shares about how to understand the DNA of your destiny, the path of your calling, transitions, collaborations, and what it takes to get there. I am so excited that you get to hear from Jen today and soak up all that God has for you to receive through her. All right, let's get started with Jen. Jen, welcome to my podcast. Oh, Jill, thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm so thrilled to do this. I know. We've been trying to connect for a while on this, too. We have. I'll tell you what, whenever you get two busy women able to connect, (laughs) something special is bound to come out of it because it takes so much effort. I'm telling you. And, you know, it's been really fun is I think if we would have had the podcast when I first approached you, it just you wouldn't have been able to talk about the new things God is doing now. So I'm so excited people get to hear about that. Well, it's an honor. We always trust the Lord, you know, for right timing. But wow, just even getting to watch what's happened with you and the podcast has just skyrocketed and it's just awesome. I'm really honored to to be on it with you today. Thanks. Well, one thing I've learned from you and your podcasts is if you ask random questions, people really get to know you well. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I knew that would backfire on me someday. <laughs> Okay. But it is true. It is true. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you a really simple one, okay? Yeah. Okay. Now, for you, I know you've spoken all over the world, but if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Mm. Well, you know, I I get asked that a lot because I think when you travel a lot, you know, people are curious that maybe you don't get to travel as much and... I've mm. seen some beautiful places, you know, just in our nation, the United States. I mean, there's such beauty and yeah. diversity and landscapes and culture. 
um, but around the world. And I'm, I'm going to have to admit up front that I'm a little biased because of my family and culture, but I would probably have to say the coast of Italy uh-huh. is one of the most beautiful places. And the scenery is gorgeous, but I think, you know, the intrigue uh, about it is just um, the pace of life and the, the lifestyle there. You know, it's just all really centered on enjoying life and soaking up the moment. And uh, so if I had, if I could live anywhere, I think off the top of my head, that's where I would be. Well, I am with you as a fellow Italian. I appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> Although I, we I ended can't up help it. We when, just can't help it. Yeah, I ended up a little more blonde, but um, but there are blondes over there. Well, I have another random question. It's it's a you know it's a simple one: coffee or tea? Oh, definitely coffee. In fact, as we are recording this podcast, I just snuck in and grabbed a fresh cup. I am a coffee girl. Now, if I'm in like, you know, the UK, somewhere where they drink tea, you know, Mm -hmm. you kind of go with the flow. But first thing in the morning, I'm looking for that coffee. (laughs) So the coffee calls you, huh? Yes, the coffee. And not just any coffee, like, it's got to be like quality coffee (laughs) for me. You know, like, I'm not like um, a snob coffee drinker, but it can't be flavored. Okay. And it's just got to be good quality. And I've got it now where I just put a little bit of uh, that sweet leaf sweetener in it and and then just straight no cream or anything. Nice. And I am I am like ready for the day. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, I um I kind of threw in that coffee calls to you on Perfect to kind of transition into our topic today of being called and feeling called and destiny and all that. That's a pretty weak transition, but I was trying. <laughs> I love it. Well played. Very well played. Right. Thank you. I'll take a little bow. Um, so yeah. I do want to talk to you about what God has put on your heart. I think the, the times that I've heard you speak, whether it's been in person or, you know, on the internet, which I'm so grateful for, you have have a special anointing to impart people with hope for their destiny and that they are mm. called by God uniquely. And I know when I just sit under your teaching, I'm so encouraged by who I was, how I was made um, and how God's made me. And so I really want the listeners to, to get some of that goodness today. So can you tell us mm. a little bit about like, really, how did God start giving you this message? Um, I know it starts in your book, The Defining Moment. Um, but how does God start that with you, and how do you see Him using that message in your ministry? Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because I think even before you get into, um, you know, doing something as a believer for the kingdom of God, I think just in a very human sense that we all aspire to be something. And I think it's curious that we are innately made that way, Hmm. you know, and a lot of times I'll joke and say like, you know, sometimes the picture is painted that the dream life is just to, you know, create a life where you don't have to do anything, Hmm. you know, and you're, and you're virtually just living on vacation. But, Hmm. you know, 
even vacation after a couple of weeks of every day you get up and there's you have nothing to accomplish or do, uh, no matter your personality type, even that gets boring after a while. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, there's just something that kind of pulls on us. And so, of course, you know, we believe that that that's something that we are innately drawn to that God pre-wired us that way. And that really in the DNA of who we are, there is this tapestry of destiny that has been woven. And it's as specific as our fingerprint or the strand of our DNA, that there is something on the inside of each one of us. I call it a, a seed of destiny. And it's not fully developed on day one, but sort of the journey of our life is that seed developing and us discovering what that is and, and growing in that. And that that really is, if you're looking for a meaning of life, mm-hmm. you know, that it would be that. Um, I know uh, in recent years, they did a poll, um, a Gallup poll on college campuses all over America. And the poll was to find out the number one question on college students' minds. And this was just secular universities and campuses. And so it came back that the number one question on college students' minds was really two parts. Number one, it was, who am I? And number two was, what am I here for? Hmm. And so that speaks to this sense of, of calling a purpose that we all have. So I think for me, you know, it really was something that was birthed out of my beginning encounter with God. Uh, and I grew up a church kid, you know, um, I don't have a claim to like, you know, this really sordid past or this, mm. you know, testimony that God pulled me out of. I, I grew up a church kid, but I discovered that when I hit about age nine or 10, even as a church kid internally, I started asking myself questions like, is this really legit? Like, and is this really what I'm going to believe or is this just what I've been raised in? Mm-hmm. And I think it's good to have those kind of questions, you know, because God doesn't back off from proving himself, hmm. you know, in those good questions. Point. I think he, he looks at those as invitations to make himself real. And so when I hit that spot, you know, I was around age 10. And so I just had this encounter with God um, at a young age. And it wasn't an instantaneous knowing of everything that I was called to do, but it did produce a deep knowing in me that my life was not my own, that I was set apart for a purpose, and that my life's mission was to find out what that purpose is. What was I made to do? And then, you know, to walk that out. So, you know, when I look back, I mean, even though I was just a kid, you know, I think we can never underestimate um, the power of what God can reveal to even children. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's a common question we'll ask kids, you know, hey, little Johnny, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> right. You know, and, and they'll just, they have no concept of boundaries. And so, you know, I have a bunch of nephews and nieces. And so even at Christmas time, I was asking them, 
you know, my little seven-year-old nephews very matter-of-factly said, I'm going to be a pastor and I'm going to play baseball for the New York Yankees. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, man, that's a great idea, you know, and remember your Aunt Jen when you're getting that salary for the New York Yankees. But, um, (laughs) you know, kids, I mean, they just immediately, they're already dreaming about what am I going to be, you know, when I grow up. And so to have an encounter with, with God, you know, at a young age, I just knew, okay, I'm destined to be something. So that set such a benchmark for me for, you know, my teen years and even young adult years, because of course, all these decisions start coming at us about, you know, where we're going to go to school and what we want to do and what those possibilities look like and even relationships. And, and so when I had that sort of connect moment so young, what it afforded me was as all those decisions started coming, you know, I could take those back to the knowing I did have, which was my life is not my own. It's set apart for purpose. So God, this decision that's in front of me, where and how does that fit connected to what you've made me to be? And um, that's really valuable, you know, in our lives. It sort of gives us a compass for all the decisions that come at us. And so, you know, I say all that to say as someone that turns out I'm called to awaken destiny, awaken calling, and then help people through the process of discovery in their calling and and walking that out. Um, I can appreciate so very well the journey because it's a journey that I started on at a really young age. That's really powerful. Thanks for sharing that story. I think there's so many of us that have ignored those little things from childhood as silly or frivolous or pipe dreams. And I Mm -hmm. even recently have felt like the Lord's been calling that back up. Like, you know, thinking Mm. of questions like, where's the favor always been on your life? And what have you always enjoyed? And I think somehow we get messed up with, I need to work hard and you know, we hear relationships are hard, so stick it out. Yeah, but they're not right. supposed to stink. It's not supposed to be hard all right. the time. It's supposed to be fun and, yeah. and rewarding. Um, so, yeah, if I, it's interesting that you talk about 10 years old, because if I think back to what I enjoyed when I was young, and the more I do those things, the more I, I feel like me. Right. And isn't it amazing? I mean, you know... Like with my nephew, you know, usually we'll kind of laugh sort of tongue in cheek about the answers kids give us. Yeah. You know, because they're usually really bold and audacious or, you know, things that our adult minds go, well, it's hard to make a living at that, you know, but it's just the dream and desire of their heart. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that's the beautiful part of choosing to live a life of destiny is knowing, I don't know exactly how that's going to come about, but choosing to live a life of destiny is putting faith in what I call the X factor, which is the ability of God to lead you on that path of destiny. Because the Bible says that every place the sole of your foot shall tread, that have I given you. Mm. And, you know, that was the promise God gave to Moses in Deuteronomy, 
but we find out that it's an every generation promise because the same verbiage was then given to Joshua, and Joshua gave it to the children of Israel. So we have a precedent of three generations where this promise is handed down. And the beautiful thing about it is it wasn't just an open-ended promise. It wasn't just any old place you want to go, I've given it to you. Because the scriptures that come after that promise is when God begins to lay out the boundaries of their territory. Mm, That's good. So in essence, what he's saying is, what I've called you to be and do, you actually have territory, you know, that's assigned to that. That is, can include geographical territory. It includes vocational territory. It involves demographic territory. You know, Joe, you and I could get up and be saying the exact same thing to the exact same room full of people, but there's going to be demographics and cultural backgrounds in that room that totally resonate and get it when you say it, that I'm not going to connect to right. at all. And it's because we've all been assigned, you know, what I'm calling in a general sense, territory. Um, but notice that there were some steps involved. The promise was every place the sole of your foot shall step connected to what I've assigned you. I've already given it to you. And that that word given is really jaw-dropping because it's not just like, oh, you know, you'll find favor there. It actually means it's been laid in trust to you. Wow. It means it's been prepared, allotted, assigned. And one um, translation of that, that phrase, I've given it to you, literally means I've already even paid for it. Wow. So, you know, for us to look at our lives and say, well, I better just make reasonable choices about what I'm going to be and do is to exclude the X factor of God and his plan and purpose, you know, where he's already prepared that place. He's just waiting for us to take steps and factor him into the equation. That's beautiful. You know, we hear a lot about the sovereignty of God, and he has sovereignly picked out places for us, but we do have to partner with him. Um, in like, Oh, it's so true. Like, if you want the land, you actually have to walk into it. You know, if, yeah. you, if you want to be a doctor, guess what? God may have called you to be a doctor, but you actually have to go to school <laughs> to, to learn to be it's a doctor. So true. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, I can remember my early years in my relationship with God. I used to think, man, you know, God, why couldn't you have just made this all a sure thing? Like, mm. why couldn't, you know, this thing called the sovereignty of God, you're all powerful. Like, why couldn't that just be automatic? I know you make such a big deal out of giving us this thing called free will. But it's so hard, you know, like, could you have just removed me out of the equation? But, you know, if you go back to the original way that God made us, God said that he made us in his image and his likeness. Well, I mean, if you and I are made in the image and likeness of God, then we have to look at who he is. And one of the first things that God is defined as is a creator. Mm -hmm. And so just think about, 
the destiny of your life for a second. And we know God has a plan, but have we ever stopped to consider that in that plan, God is planning and preparing things for someone he may just like him who is also a creator. And so I like to look at it this way. Think about the assignment and territory that God gave the first Adam. And it says in the Bible that God caused all the animals of creation to pass before Adam. And the Bible says that God came to see what Adam would name them. Hmm. So what we have is this picture of God who is omniscient, who is a creator, sort of standing back and he leaves us space to say, you know, what I told you in Jeremiah is true. I have plans for you, plans to prosper you. And yet you are a factor in this equation and it's waiting for you to show up. In fact, I've allotted you places, and I've given you abilities and gifts, but there's this portion in the tapestry of our destiny where God gives us sort of this creative license to say, what are you going to do with this? And I can't wait to see what Mm -hmm. you're going to do with it. Now, that doesn't strike down his omniscience. I believe that God knows every possibility You know, I think that Mm -hmm. God knew every name Adam could have ever have thought of to name any of those animals. He knew them all. He knew the potential and the possibility. Mm -hmm. And yet he showed up to see what will this creator who's made just like me choose? And isn't that beautiful? You know, that God would partner with us in the New Testament. We're called co-laborers with Christ. And so... We do have free will. There is choices involved in our in our destiny, and I believe the Spirit of God within us leads us and guides us in it. But how wonderful is it that God trusts us so much that in that leading and guiding, He sort of gives us the space to say, okay, what colors will you paint with? What tone will you strike? What are the words that you will choose to articulate what I'm giving you to say? And that he actually takes joy in watching that come alive through us. I just think that's amazing. It is. And I love that you even said, what colors will you use to paint? I think I might've said this on another podcast, but I'll say this again because it's so appropriate. I was walking with the Lord one day and I was praying and my mind kind of wandered and I came back and I was like, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I got so distracted. And and he said, chill. And like the tender father, I love watching what you do with what I gave you. And mm, he, he gave me this yeah. idea that it's like a kid with a coloring book. And when you're a parent, yeah. you give them the book and you give them the crayons and you come back to see how did they color it. And there is no right or wrong way. You gave them the tools and it's up to them to create it. And that was the picture he gave me. Um, and it freed oh, me. I just love that. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can take all the, my preferences and my personality and the things I like or don't like. Um, and then mm-hmm. I can add skills and I can do training. And whatever that concoction ends up being is so unique mm-hmm. because no one has all of those things just like me and strengths and talents and all that. But whatever I produce from that is so unique that no one else can do it like me. And he has so much fun watching us, and we're all that way. Yeah, 
Yeah, he really does, doesn't he? And and I I think it's really freeing, you know, when we remember. I loved how you described that. I think it frees all of us, you know, because um, I can remember like right about the time that I kind of launched into what I'm doing today full time. Mm-hmm. It was still in the shadow of the years when Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life, had just mm-hmm. come out. Yeah. And it was like, you know, the Bible for purpose and mm-hmm. calling for right. people. And anything surrounded around this idea and, and concept of purpose always was associated with his voice and what he had to say about it. And I remember kind of getting a little disheartened, like, Lord, I'm I'm late to the punch. Yeah. You know, this is burning in my heart, but this is being covered and so articulately so. I mean, here's this man that's been pastoring all these years that's so much more well-spoken than I, and he's got this elaborate team of people that's helping him get this message out. And, and so I'm, I'm feeling like what you put in me is redundant, but it was the realization of what you just so beautifully described in that it's going to come out of me in such a unique way. And so nothing about what any of us do is redundant. It can be similar, but it's always going to have, you know, its own shading and tones and, you know, whatever metaphor you want to attach to it. But the bottom line is it's always going to be unique and it's always going to have its place to make impact. And that's that's why our yes and our action behind our yes is so very important. And I think that's why the enemy goes for the, you're not special, you're not unique, what do you have to offer yeah. the world? He always attacks how we are unique and, and who, our identity. And if yeah. we're not firm in knowing that God, what God thinks of us and how, and knowing who God is, knowing who we are in him, we can really mm-hmm. listen to those voices and they can direct us absolutely the opposite way than our destiny. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. You know, his playbook is so old, mm-hmm. you know, the enemy's playbook. Like, I mean, he's only got a handful of strategies and he's been using the same ones for thousands of years, <laughs> Right. you know? Um, and so it's so true that whole game that he throws, you know, at each one, it's like, oh, if we can just keep that in the forefront of our minds, which for me, I know the best way that I have found is it was a little bit of an adjustment, to be honest, and it was so slight that I almost missed it. Like, have you have you ever almost missed something that it was a slight thing but made a world of difference? Yes. You know, um, it's like if you're baking and you forget the baking powder, like, yeah. forget it. Right. It's one step, but it, it's over. Like, that thing is going to turn out horrible. And I do not acclaim to be great at baking, but I do know that <laughs> baking powder is really important. Right. So this was kind of like that. So here I am just, you know, blowing and going strong about calling and purpose and something. Well, you know, if I'm called to awaken this in people, you know, I've really got to be walking in this full steam ahead myself and I don't want to miss anything. And so... I was just pouring, you know, my time, my energy and effort all into, am I doing everything I'm called to do? And am I running with every project and everything God's 
you know, instigating a knee. And, and I had really been focused on that pretty solidly for a few months. And I'll tell you at the end of it, I hit this season where I was never more frustrated. I was never more full of anxiety. I felt like I wasn't making progress. I had all these plates spinning and I was just physically and mentally exhausted. And I thought, man, fulfilling your, your calling is exhausting, (laughs) you know? And, and I had almost just resigned myself to like, I guess this is what it takes. And the Holy Spirit uh, really checked me one day. And he said, Jen, he said, uh, your calling, your purpose in your destiny is not the energy of life. And it really threw me because I thought, uh, yes, it is. <laughs> you know, I just <laughs> thought like, uh, I, Lord, I'm, I'm live to make you known, you know, like that, that is what gets me up out of bed in the morning. And I just remember the still small voice of the Lord. And he said, no, Jen, he said, the purpose for your life is not a calling. The purpose of your life is a person and it's me. Mm. And, oh, Jill, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And to be honest, it kind of broke my heart. I mean, it makes me emotional just thinking about it because it was such a small thing, but I had actually let my desire to fulfill my purpose take the chief seat in my yeah. life instead of the person of Jesus. Yeah. And so I had started looking at my call and my destiny more than I was looking at him. And even looking at my call and my destiny, when you boil it down, is still very self-focused. You know, what am I made to be? What am I called to do? Where are my places? And, you know, self-focus, when we self-focus, we really are feeding on ourselves. And if you feed on yourself, you'll get sick. You know, I mean, that's just obvious in our culture today. We've got an epidemic of a generation that's convinced they have anxiety syndromes and depression syndromes. You know, growing up as kids, I don't remember hearing a lot about that. And there's some issues that are very serious that need to be addressed. But could it be that these two things are so prevalent because we have a culture that feeds on self so much and it's literally making us sick? And here I was so well-intentioned, but even through trying to focus on what I am called to be and do and achieve was a form of self-focus in and of itself. And I heard it said so well this way, and it summed it up for me. And the saying was, in life, you should gaze at God and just glance at yourself. In other words, don't ignore yourself, but don't make yourself the focus. Make Jesus who he is. And so it just really shifted my day-to-day life, you know, rather than just jumping out of bed and hitting the ground running, I was like, you know what? I need to spend time with Jesus, the person of Jesus. And I'm not going to go into this time with him wanting a ticker tape of information and direction and vision and next steps. I'm not coming in looking to see or hear anything. I'm only coming for the experience of his presence. And it's, that's uh, all I leave with. 
that's enough. If that's all I leave with, that's enough. That's so good. I have to interject that this is an interesting day for me because I usually record a few podcasts in a day. And your podcast is going to air after these other two. And the podcast with Rachel, um, as everyone is listening, if you go back an episode, um, Rachel and I were talking about something similar to this. And the one before that, I was talking to Tabitha and we were talking about abiding and um, and seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And so um, the last two podcasts were, you know, one was on on a, a Bible study that this woman, uh, Tabitha, wrote um, called Calling. And I said, that's so strange because I didn't plan for the three of you on the same day, but hers is Calling and your book is Called. And, um, wow. oh, wait, no, hers is Called and yours is Calling. Sorry, I got that backwards. Wow. Isn't that um, awesome? Yeah, like what is God doing right now to the listeners that are yeah. tuning into my podcast that three in a row are going to be talking to you about seeking God first? And yes, all three of these wonderful women are pursuing their destiny and what God's called them to do. But all three mm. of them are saying it's about the person. It's about abiding. It's about him. Um, yeah. And I think Isn't we that can. beautiful? It is. And it's it can really it's it's because he's beautiful and that whole concept is beautiful. And yet we get wrapped up in the, the busyness of life and the things we have to accomplish. But I'll tell you what, just anyone who's listening, my my plate is full. I've learned not to say busy, but to say full. And I have just learned to a new thing really in the last two years. And I'm almost I'm not really embarrassed to say it, but I guess I should be, but I'm not because it's just real life that I had to learn to just say, God, I am grateful for everything you put on my plate today. Thank you for these things. And gratefulness preceded joy. And so when my life is full, if I'm grateful, joy comes from that and nothing feels like a burden and it focuses me back on him as the person. And, um, and if at any time I'm like, you know, this just doesn't fit, it's feeling like too much, I go back to him and be like, what do you want me to take off? Because, you know, or maybe it's not that, maybe it's a mind shift that he has to change in me and say, I've called you to all these things, but you're allowing yourself, like what you said, Jen, to get ahead of me. Mm, and so, so, good. so there's so much um, that's coming together in that. But hey, you know, I would love for you to talk to people about um, your new book, Calling, and um, what they could expect if they were to get it. Because I already read parts of it, and it's pretty incredible. Oh, well, you know, it was really a, a labor of love in the sense that it was one of those things that the Lord dropped in my heart. And, you know, usually when you think something is God, you think, well, this is just going to be awesome and <laughs> full of grace. And, I mean, it was one of the hardest things. Really? Um one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, not in, it wasn't a struggle for content. It would just seemed like everything in the kitchen sink, you know, sort of just came at us and trying to get this book written and accomplished. And so I've walked with the Lord long enough to know, as you know, Jill, that whenever mm-hmm. it's like that, when you've got a fight on your hands, that's yeah. when you know, well, this must be pretty strategic. Right. And, uh, and so that's how this was. And so I really wrote the book calling, Uh, And the tagline of the book is called Understanding Your Purpose, Place, and Position, because there's a lot that's said in a general sense about calling, but calling is something we're all living, walking out every day, 
and there can be a lot of unknown about it. Um, and so I wrote the book, first of all, to hopefully be in, an easy read. You know, it's not a really long book, but to help bring some definition to, okay, what does it look like, actually look like to walk this out? Um, and so that's really the way I went at it. I believe that, and in, in the book really speaks to this, but I believe that our calling is sort of like an umbrella that covers the entire expanse of our life. So mm. from day one till we draw our last breath, there is this umbrella over us, and it's it's what we're called to do. But what most people don't understand that throughout the course of your life and sort of under the expanse of that umbrella, there will be a lot of different assignments. And a lot of times your assignment at a particular stage or season or time of your life, God will give you an assignment, and that assignment might not look anything like that umbrella of calling that you mm. have. And so what happens is a lot of times we get stalled on the path of, of destiny of our calling because God's showing us next steps, and we're either turning away or shutting the door or sort of them batting them out in, from in front of our eyes because we're going, no, that's not what I'm called to do. And God's saying, I, I know it's not what you're overall called to do, but this is the assignment that I'm giving you today because, number one, you'll be effective here, but number two, this assignment will actually help prepare you to fulfill your overall calling. And Paul mm. talked about that. Paul said, you know, I press toward the mark of the prize. So in other words, what he was saying is, I have this prize, or we could say this overall calling that I sense in my heart. But what I have in front of me is not so much that end prize, but the mark, the mark of today. So mm -hmm. the marks on our path are sort of like our assignment. So, you know, as an example, and I talk about this in the book, I remember, you know, I went to Bible college, graduated with a degree. I had this big picture calling and I'm just waiting for direction. And I get a call from some friends of mine that pastored a large church. And they said, Jen, we just got some news. We just lost our youth pastor and our, our student ministry is really suffering. And uh, would you consider coming and being our youth pastor? And so as they're articulating, you know, this invitation, I'm already answering in my head going, oh, I feel so bad for these people and this church, but I'm not called to be a youth pastor. Well, at the end of their conversation, I went to say, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm, I'm just, that's not my calling. But I heard myself answer them, and I said, yeah, I'll do it. And I shocked myself. I think I shocked <laughs> them because of the look on my face. And I remember just kind of turning inward real quick and saying, like, God, what is going on? And just real quick, the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, he said, Jen, I know this isn't what you're called to do, but I'm asking you to do this in this season. So immediately yeah. I understood that this was an assignment. Well, I can stand here, you know, today in talking to you, Jill, and say, you know, I wound up being a youth pastor for three and a half years. I pray that I was a blessing and made an impact in the students' lives that were in my youth ministry. I pray I had an impact in that city. You know, I have to believe that I did. 
But at the same time, I can say that those years of saying yes to that assignment prepared me for fulfilling the call of what I'm doing today. So yeah. there's a lot of things like that that are attached to what is living a life of calling look like that sometimes don't get, you know, broken down in a, in a real, real life sense. And that's really what this book does. I wanted it to be like an instructional guide to, okay, how does hmm. this really work? And I pray that it's a tool that helps people in that way. That's so good. I know that some of the chapters are on transitions and collaborations, and and that helps to understand the the different things that would contribute to the calling. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read a, a. I took a screenshot from your book as I was reading it on my um, phone, and this is a perfect place to read it. You say the path of destiny is not a stagnant path. It is, live, it is a living path that is a collaborative undertaking between the creator of the universe and the sons and daughters of God. You are living in a divine partnership with God. His is a gift of divine life coming from the inside and igniting a blazing light on our shining path where history is going to be made and your old history is rewritten. It is how legacies are forged to blaze a trail to be found by approaching generations blowing up brand new doors from the path you have carved. I love yeah. that. Cuz you're talking about this is a this is a co-creation thing between you and the creator mm-hmm. and that it is it's going to be found what you're doing now you're blazing a trail for future generations and we have to remember that it's not again not all about us. It's true. Yeah. I I think that's what's so amazing. You know, God's always doing more than one thing at one time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to honor him with, with the life he's given me. But in doing that and fulfilling, you know, your purpose, it, it isn't even just about you or I, it's about what will come after us. Yeah. And all of that matters. You know, none of us are, are living this life autonomously. We are all connected, certainly as the body of Christ you know, in so many different ways. And um, and so everything that we do and contribute is making a way for what comes after us. And what an amazing thing to be a part of. It's yes, such an honor. It is. Well, I'm sure there are people listening to this wondering, you know, about their own calling and thinking through their lives. What would you say to the person that just feels like purposeless? Hmm. Well, I can understand that. And, you know, I think if we're all honest with ourselves, we've all been there, Yeah. (laughs) you know, um, whether it's a day or a week, you know, or a season of just, uh, you know, there's just really no sense of purpose. And, um, and I understand that, you know, the Bible talks about those kind of seasons or places Mm -hmm. of feeling purposeless. And there's a scripture that says, without vision, people perish. Mm -hmm. And so usually when we think of perish, you know, we think of here one day, gone the next. But there can be a sort of slow, miserable perishing. You know, um, really, I think that's a good way to define the effects that depression can have. You know, where there's just no luster to life, you just feel monotonous and you know, I have a lot of friends that are, some of them are in a season of life where they're young moms 
And, you know, they're doing very unglamorous, undestiny-like things on a day-to-day <laughs> basis and kind of yeah. going like, seriously, you know, and it can really start start getting at you and you just feel like there's no uh, sense of purpose attached to it. Um, and so it becomes like something that eats at us, like a, a slow, miserable perishing. But, you know, if it's true to the negative that without vision, people perish, then it's also true to the positive. And that would mean that with vision, people flourish. Right. So if, if people are living in a, in a space where they're feeling purposeless, then I can tell you where that's coming from. It's because you lost sight of your vision, mm. you know? Um, and the best way to get back to getting your vision back, another word for, for vision is just simply the big picture. You know, as a young mom, maybe you feel like you're just changing diapers and cleaning up after kids, but the big picture is, you are raising up young champions and every day you are instilling in them who they are and who they're not, you know, and how to treat people and how not to treat people. You are raising up individuals that are going to be here after you're gone. And every day is a learning experience. So if you can kick back to the big picture and get your vision back for what you're doing in this season, you know, if without that big picture, there's a slow, miserable perishing, then when you have that big picture, things begin to flourish on the inside. And so that's the first thing that I encourage people to do if they feel like they've lost sight of their purpose is get your vision back and invite God into that discussion. You know, ask God, what is the big picture of my life right now? Ask Him to show you what that is, whatever season of life that you are in. And for some, that might mean as he paints that picture, that there's going to be some big changes in the landscape Mm -hmm. of your life. You know, but if we trust him to paint the picture, then he'll walk us through those. But, you know, the word is true. And I just believe if we can kick back and grab hold of that vision again, that vision gives life, it's life giving uh, because it comes from him. That's good. Thank you for sharing that encouragement. I think it just goes back to spending time with the Lord and delighting ourselves in Him. And He'll give fresh vision when we give Him our burdens and He takes them and we feel light. We have so much more. um, We're more creative and we have more ideas and we have more hope um, when we spend time with Him and He unloads what we've been carrying and takes it. And that's when I find I get fresh vision for things. And sometimes in those seasons where I'm doing really good, I get so many ideas (laughs) Then I need help. Like, okay, God, what's your timing? I've learned this the hard way. I always think when I hear something from the Lord, it means right now. ASAP and do it with excellence. Yeah. And, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and I've learned I've there. Yeah. Okay, God, what's the timing of this? You know, and yeah, sometimes so he doesn't true. share the timing exactly, but sometimes he'll be like, that's for another time, put it on the shelf. And other times yeah. he's like, I want you to do just this one thing. And most yeah. often the greatest things I've done have been when he has said, Hey, I want you to do this right now. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I don't know how to do that. That's when it ends up being really good. <laughs> Because he has to lead me through it. So, yeah, that's a great piece. That's so good. I love that. We can always do something. 
we are totally equipped. He never calls us to something where we're going to step out and fall on our faces. Like we may fall and bump our knee and we learn something from that, but he never sets us up for failure. He always sets us up for success. So even the things we don't know how to do or don't feel equipped to do, if we'll just take one, this is the life coach in me, just take one step of faith just towards that. And all you need, faith like a mustard seed is so small. I went to Israel and got one and it's like, you know, it's so tiny, you could not even see it on the ground. Um, And he doesn't require much faith to to just take a step. So, yeah. Well, said. well, girl, um, I have so enjoyed this conversation and I have two thoughts as we wrap it up. One, I want everyone to know where to get your stuff. But before that, could you pray for everyone that's listening that really needs this anointing that you have to discover and their destiny and calling and feel empowered to walk in it? Absolutely. I'd be honored. Let's do that. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for every listener that will come across this podcast, no matter how they wound up hearing this podcast today. Lord, I believe that you designed it. And Father, I just first of all thank you for their life. God, thank you for preserving them. Thank you for getting them to this point in this place. And Father, I would ask that every person within the sound of my voice Lord, would feel an awakening on the inside to that big picture plan that you purposed for their life. Lord, I pray that though they may be in the middle of so much of the mundane of life, God, that there would be an inspiration by your spirit to big picture vision. And Lord, that by your spirit, you would draw them back to purpose. And Father, I just say that if that purpose and big picture brings about change, Lord, we just speak a grace to every listener that there would be such grace for all of the decisions and all of the changes that need to be made. Father, we thank you that we do everything that you set in our lives to do, not in our own strength, but Father, we do it by your spirit and by your power. And so, Father, I just speak a revitalization of power to everyone, Father, that they would walk in it in a new and a fresh way. And we give you all the praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for that. So um, where can people find you? You can share your website and social media and book. Yes, so they can find um, everything connected to uh, what we're doing on my website, which is jentrengale.com. And Trengale is spelled T as in Tom, R-I-N as in Nancy, G-A-L-E, jentrengale.com. And the books are on there, uh, CD series, uh, devotionals, uh, lots of material. There's some free resources on there. And really, if they go to the website from there, they can find links to the podcast. I have a monthly blog that I do. And then there's some links to some YouTube videos as well. And then on social media, it's just Jen Tringale on Facebook, Instagram, and then also on Twitter. Wonderful. 
Uh, I hope everyone really uh, takes advantage of some of those resources that Jen has. I promise you will be blessed. There are so many other things we could have talked about, but um, if you're also listening from international, she does speak internationally, and, and so you might be able to catch her somewhere around the world as well. So, Jen, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed having you. Oh, Jill, thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's been nice to be on the other side of this equation. <laughs> and um, I just love everything you're doing, your podcast. You just, wow, you're so articulate. You're the consummate oh. professional, but <laughs> oh, with thanks. such heart and sensitivity to the Lord. And that's, that's what I think makes your podcast such a really powerful tool. I know it's just going to keep growing and expanding. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you so much. I just praise God for the awesome guests that I get to interact with. It's really, if anyone listens to it, I just feel like they should hopefully catch what I sense when we're having these conversations. So, which is just so much of God's presence. So thank you for that. Well, you are a great host. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for being here. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed Jen and the podcast today talking about your calling and destiny. And if you did, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Would you, first of all, subscribe to the show? That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed and ready when you are. And second, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help me reach others, you can leave a review and give me some stars. And uh, you can also click the link in the description so you can give to donate to support the show as well. And again, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast today. And you can find out more from Jen Tringale when you go to jillmonaco.com and visit the podcast page. Just click on the show notes to find the links that were mentioned here today. Thanks so much again for tuning in today, my friends. And remember, love well. You are made for it. <laughs>